question, right? Uh, so the question is, uh, uh, in, in the Scriptures, who's, uh, who do we find has got more faith than anybody else in all of the Scriptures? Anybody know? Jesus, right? Uh, who's that? Abraham, that's a pretty good guess, right? What do we say over here? Abraham, right? Uh, uh, what's that? Centurion, right? Those are all good answers, you know. Uh, the answer that, that I was looking for is um, actually God the Father has got the most faith. Because um, uh, if you go, that's, that's why it's a trick question, right? Because when he said, uh, let there be light, uh, that, that required him to have faith that when he spoke, uh, those words came to pass, amen? So that's faith. I mean, that's a set, the essence of faith, right? That he spoke the worlds into existence. And uh, when he spoke, uh, you remember Jesus said that to whosoever say that, that this mountain be thou removed and be the cast of sea and shall not doubt in his heart, right? Believe that, he'll, that he has the things that he saith, then he'll have those things. Uh, it's in Mark eleven twenty three. Well, that's the way God has always operated. When he speaks to the mountain or speaks to the earth or speaks to the universe uh, and says to be, then he didn't doubt in his heart, uh, and it came to pass. Amen? Uh, and so, and I was thinking about uh, that verse, in fact, uh, uh, over in Jeremiah chapter 1. Uh, in fact, Jared, if you don't mind pulling that up in the Amplified version there, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12, it says, Then the Lord said unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. Uh, and the Amplified brings out a better uh, definition of the word hasten there. Uh, it says, um, he says, I am watching over my word to perform it. So when the, Lord's, when the Lord gives a word, when the Lord speaks something, then, then he watches over that word to make sure it comes to pass. Uh, and that's great, right? We, we love that. We love the fact that the Lord will speak something and then watch over that word uh, so that it comes to pass. But then I started thinking about, well, what about you and me? When we, when we exercise faith, you know, the Lord speaks something, and then he performs that word for it to come to pass. When we speak faith, uh, the Lord also watches over that word uh, and performs it to make sure that it comes to pass. Because we don't, we, you've got any ability to make, make things come to pass if you speak them into existence? No, but we're supposed to speak to the mountain, aren't we? And if we speak to the mountain, the Lord will then do the work of moving that mountain. Uh, and so, but, so he'll watch over that word. But also, uh, what about, what's our responsibility? Well, we've got to make sure that we watch over our words so that they are good words. Amen. Uh, and, and so I've just been meditating on, on this verse all week about how important it is for you to watch over your words so that they are good words. So that you can, when you say something, the Lord has something to do with those words. Because if they're not good words, if they're words that carry no faith, then uh, there's nothing for the Lord to perform. Amen. And so that's how, how important your words are because the Lord will perform your words if they're words of faith, right? If you speak to the mountain, he's going to do the mountain, right? If you pray for the sick, he's going to be doing the healing for the sick. But it's still our words that initiate the process. And, and so how important it is for you to watch over your words. Uh, and so, uh, and, and there's something that just, I, uh, you know, I just feel really strongly about is how, how good are your words, right? How good uh, are your words when you say something how good is that statement that you just said? I mean, just something simple like I'll be there. Uh, is, is What's the chances of you actually being there? Well, it's 50-50. Well, then your words are, are, are probably way less than that, right? Uh, you, and so the Lord has nothing to watch over to perform if your words are carrying no faith, right? If, you, if, you, if your words are of no value, then, then there's nothing for the Lord to do. 
Uh, and, and so the Lord is watching over our words to perform our words of faith, if they are indeed words of faith. But if our words are not words of faith, then there's nothing for the Lord to watch over and to perform. There's nothing for the Lord to do. And it's not, he's, not, he's not performing like a dog or a cat. But uh, the covenant agreement he made with us is, whosoever shall say to the mountain, be thou removed, and I'll remove it. Uh, you're not going to actually go and get a backhoe, are you, and, and, and move it, are you? It'd take a long time. You ever seen these giant earth movers, and they go up to a giant hill or even uh, a mountain or even a giant hill, and, I mean, they'll be there forever. It doesn't matter how big it is. They will be there forever. You see these giant mining operations. And, you know, if you look at the mining operation compared to the size of the earth, it's a dot, right? I mean, you know, you think they've done this big, this big giant thing, and it's just a dot uh, in creation. Uh, and so the Lord, the Lord will watch over your words. But you've got to, you're the one who decides if your words are of any value or not. Amen. I don't decide that. Uh, you get to decide. So the, is that good news? I think that's good news, right? Because you can, you can either decide that your words are good or that your words are of no value. And, and so, uh, and I know lots of people, you know, they say something and, you know, uh, I tell people all the time, you know, I, 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 don't, uh, I don't really care what you say. I just watch what you do. Because if what you do lines up with what you say, then that's fine. But very few people actually line up with what they do with what they say. Uh, what they, uh, I was reading up to one minister and they said, you know, uh, the Lord and his word are inseparable. What his word is is who he is. That's not the case for many people. What they say and what they do are so different than, than uh, there's nothing for the Lord to watch over. Amen. And so, but the good thing is who can do something about that? Well, you can, right? Uh, uh, and so if your words are no count, then, then uh, see, if your words are no count, then your faith is no count. Uh, you have no faith. You know, I'm strong in faith. That's not true. If, you're, if your words, if what you say, uh, if you don't do what you say you're going to do, then, then, then you have no faith. Amen? Uh, and that's not, that's not a condemnation. It's just the reality of the situation. Amen? Uh, and so, but the good thing is uh, we can do something about it. So for me, I'm just really careful if I, if, if, uh, uh, about promising something or telling something I, I would do. You can ask my kids, you know. Uh, it was never, oh, yeah, we'll do that. And I'm pl- thinking, we ain't ever doing that. I never told my kids to do that. You know, sometimes I'd say, we'll see, because I haven't figured out if we're going to be able to do that or not. Uh, but, <clears throat> but before I would commit, uh, and, and uh, you can ask them how many times that I reneged on a commitment that I made to them. Yeah, we'll buy that. Yeah, we'll go there. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, and I uh, just decided that uh, before I commit to something, uh, that I'm going to be sure I can do it. And once I commit to it, then, then the earth will stop before I don't do that. Because I want to be a person, when, my, when I speak, I want the Lord to perform those words. I want the Lord to watch over those words, to be careful of those words that I've spoken. And to do, if I, if I speak to the mountain, then I need the Lord to go and move the mountain. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to be able to do it. If I speak to the sickness and disease, I need the Lord to come and, and do that which I've spoken, right? He said, uh, Peter said that his name through faith in his name has made this man well. But it was Peter who said, rise up and walk. And so Peter said, rise up and walk. The Lord performed those words. He caused the man to rise up and walk. So the Lord will watch over your words if they're good words. Amen. If you say something and the Lord's like, ain't never going to happen, <laughs> you know, then, then you're stuck. Amen. Uh, because he's like, well, he ain't going to follow up on that. Uh, and so. Uh, it's, it's good news because we can do something about it. Amen. It's terrible news if you're just, if you like to just say things and never perform them. Amen. If you like to 
to do things and, and never back up your word. Uh, I just, uh, I just, you've got to be careful. Uh, and, and it's really, uh, it's not hard. Um, if you can get to that point in your life where uh, you'll only do that which you say, um, uh, that you'll guard that jealously, that if you've said it, that, that you're just bound by an oath that you will do it, uh, bound by, by the earth stopping spinning that you'll do it. It's really easy to maintain that, but if you're, if you're not used to doing that, it's, it's really hard to change that mentality because we're so used to doing that, amen? We're just so used to just saying things, knowing that, well, I'm never going to really do that. Uh, or, you know, uh, I'll try, but, uh, you know, more than likely it's not going to happen. And we'll say things, well, I tried. And, uh, you know, it's not, it's not a matter of trying. It's just a matter of doing, amen? Uh, and, it, and it's really, you know, people think, well, that's really hard to live that way. It's really not hard to live that way at all because you'll find that, that it's self-reinforcing that the more you live that way, the more your faith operates, the more the Lord performs the things which you say uh, according to his word and by, and by your faith. Uh, and then it's something that you want to live. It's a way that you want to live. Amen. And so if the Lord watches over his words to perform it, he also watches over your words to perform it if they're words that, that uh, he can perform. Amen. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, if, if you if you say I'm going to be somewhere uh, and then things start to happen that would cause you to not be there. Uh, but you're a person of faith. The Lord will assist you to get there. He will move mountains to allow you to accomplish your word. But if you say you're going to be there and, you know, maybe I will, maybe I won't. If I feel like it, I, I will. If I don't feel like it, I won't. There's nothing really for him to work uh, on in that behalf of you accomplishing that goal. Amen. Uh, and so let's be people of words because the Lord spoke things into existence. He had more faith than everybody else. You know, he's the example of faith that when he speaks, then he watches over it to make sure it happens because he has faith. When I say, let there be light, then uh, light doesn't even know what it is until the Lord said, let there be light. And this thing occurred out of nowhere. And if you look at the order of creation, he said, let there be light before he let the, he said, let the sun and the moon and the stars be in, in the sky uh, for light. You know, he created light before he created the sun. Uh, and so go figure that out, right? And so uh, the Lord is good. Amen. So I just want to encourage you about that. We can be people of, of our words, uh, pe- people of faith. Uh, and that's, that's oftentimes a fundamental issue of people not being successful with the Lord is their words uh, are, are, are so weak and so watered down and so unable to carry faith that they never can be successful in walking close with the Lord. Uh, and so uh, and, and a lot of times they kind of give it up because uh, they, they just don't want to change. They don't want to be that person who says, yes, uh, when I speak it, that's exactly what I'll do. Amen. Uh, and, uh, and that's the root cause of much of people's problems in, in the church, right? Much of people's problems being successful with the Lord is they've never learned to be a, a person of character in the words. Amen. Uh, but we can change, can't we? Amen. Uh, we can change today. I mean, you just start today. If I say it, it's going to happen. Amen. And if, the, if something happens, you know, you can always call and say, well, I can't make it. But, you know, if all you live by is excuses, you know, we can start meddling a whole lot more of there. We're, we're going to leave all that alone. We've got to move on. Amen. Now, this is not the sermon. This is just a pre-sermon sermon, right? So we, we, we don't get to speak as much. But anyway, the Lord is good. Let's stand and greet each other for just a minute. And we'll get into praise and worship. I will testify of the goodness of God. I will say the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. Father, as part of creation, I long to testify of your goodness. I long to tell the world of the wonderful things you've done. I long, Father, to remind myself of the wonderful things you've accomplished in my life. 
Father, I am part of creation. I will testify of your goodness. I will testify of your mercy. I will testify of your great love. I will testify of the faithfulness of your word. Father, I am part of creation. And you alone, Father, are worthy to be worshipped. You alone, Father, are worthy to be testified about. Father, I am a witness of your good works. I am a witness of your good deeds in the earth. And Father, yes, I will shout it from the housetops. And Father, there will be no other creation that will speak before me, Father. No rocks will cry out, Father, because I've held my tongue. Father, no trees or plants or animals, Father, will cry out and speak of the goodness of God because I've, I've withheld my words. I will declare, Father, your goodness in the earth. I will declare, Father, your kindness and mercy. I will declare, Father, your faithfulness to do that which you've spoken. For you are faithful, Father. For you are merciful. For you are kind and good, Father, and tender-hearted towards us, your people. You are the healer, Father. You are the provider. You are the great Savior of all mankind. Father, I will testify. And no other part of creation, Father, will step in front of me. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you, Father, for your spirit that dwells in me, leads me and guides me to all truth, Father, shows me things to come, speaks to me words from heaven, Father. I thank thee, Father. I thank thee, O God, for your goodness and mercy. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. over them, Father, to be sure that they come to pass just as you've said. Father, there's nothing in, in all of creation, in all of the universe that can stand between you and the accomplishment of your word. So, Father, we thank you. It shall be done. If it is spoken, Father, it shall be done. So, Father, we thank you. And we will testify of the goodness of your word goodness of your spirit, the goodness of your kindness. We thank you for these things, Father. 
we give you praise and honor for the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? Amen. He's good all the time. Amen. You know, there's going to be, uh, uh, you know, the Lord does have a sense of humor because, you know, he said that uh, if we don't cry out, the very rocks will cry out. You know, you can imagine when we get to heaven, uh, we, we get in line, right? And it's our turn to come up there. And he says, hang on. Uh, hey, you rock, come over here. Because uh, he never said anything. You've got to come over and testify, you know. Well, it's a rock, Lord. I know, I know. Uh, and, of course, for some people, it's going to be like a brick because some people are as dumb as a brick. You ever heard that phrase, right? So uh, we need a brick over here, right? Because he, uh, he never said and he testified about my goodness. So this brick, you come testify of, of the goodness that I provided for him that he never spoke about. Uh, amen. There's going to be a lot of folks who the Lord's goodness watched over and cared for that they never testified about. Well, Lord's never done nothing good for me. Really? Uh, he says he sends the rain on the just and the unjust. Amen. You ever needed rain? Amen. Well, he sent that to you. Uh, you, you ever needed protection? Uh, there's no doubt that when we get to heaven and the Lord uh, pulls back the curtains of, of history that we'll find all the times that the angels have come uh, uh, through on our behalf without us even knowing it. Amen. Uh, and so uh, we can testify. Amen. About the goodness of the Lord. And so we're, we're thankful for him. Amen. Uh, and so we have been in uh, Matthew chapter 7, uh, as Jesus was, was uh, or Matthew chapter 6, rather, as Jesus was, uh, has been speaking to uh, the people, talking about, uh, in this case, uh, really from verse 24 down to verse 34 or so, well, I guess uh, from 25 to 34, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. And he's talking about worry. Why are we worrying? He said, the birds don't worry. Uh, you ever seen a bird worry? Uh, the worms are down today, boys. I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, no, they just, well, the Lord provides for them. Amen. You've seen a bird with his little bird wings over there, you know, fretting, you know, and wringing his little bird hands and wings. No, they just, in fact, we've got these barn swallows. They have decided to invade our home. Uh, and, uh, I mean, they're just, they have babies every year, and they, and they just pick. I wouldn't care except they make a big mess, you know. Uh, and so they need to go and uh, uh, let the Lord take care of them somewhere else. Amen. Uh, and so, so, but we, we started going through some scriptures about how can we live a life that's worry-free? Uh, because if you're worrying about something, right, so worry just means that you're thinking about it over and over again. It's the last thought you think about when you go to bed, first thought you think about in, when you wake up. In the middle of the night, you wake up, you're thinking about that thing, you're worrying about it, amen? And Jesus said, you know, you're doing that, but you're not changing anything. So your worry has no value, uh, and it only has a detriment to your life, amen? Uh, we just The doctors would tell us that that worry is a great source of much of the sickness and disease in Western culture because we're worried about all kinds of things that, you know, third world countries don't worry about anything. You know, we call it, uh, you know, I, uh, I mean, like today we got here, Wi-Fi was down. You know, nobody in, in, the, in, in the depths of Africa concerned about Wi-Fi is down, amen, uh, where there's no Wi-Fi at all. They don't worry about it, amen. Uh, and people worry about things, you know, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to, be eligible for my, my phone upgrade, you know, this month. Uh, that's a first world problem, amen? Uh, and so, uh, but we find things to worry about that really don't matter at all, uh, yet we still worry about them. Uh, but, it, it, but it's not about not caring, it, it's about, uh, because we talked about, if some people have an attitude, they don't, they don't worry about anything because they don't care about anything. Well, it's not that we shouldn't care about things, you know, in the sense that uh, we desire for things to be well and to, to operate correctly, uh, that's not, we don't need to have this, well, I don't care what happens. 
that, uh, because that still doesn't change anything. The church is supposed to be about the business of changing things that bring the order of the kingdom of heaven into the earth uh, as best we can. Amen. We can't do everything because men will resist the, the move and the plan of God, uh, and they have a right to do that as being a sovereign will. Uh, they don't have a right given to them by the Lord, but uh, they have a right because they have a sovereign will to resist the plan and move of God. But the, but the church is here to advance the kingdom of heaven in the, in the, in the lives of people that will allow it, uh, and also to cause things like governments to be in order by the will of God, amen, including our government, which is about as far as out, out of order as you can get, it seems like sometimes. Uh, the church is here to change those things. And so uh, worrying about them doesn't change things. Being in faith about them does change things. Uh, uh, but having a non-caring attitude also doesn't change things. So we, we don't need to be people who just don't care, uh, but we also don't, don't need to be people who worry. We need to be people who see the situation, acknowledge that this situation is not in line with the plan and will of God, and to use our faith to change it. If we just see a situation and go, that's terrible, and all we do is worry about it, we haven't helped anybody, including ourselves, but also oftentimes worry has to do with people around us. I'm worried that they're not going to be, they're not going to do right, or they're going to uh, fall into harm, uh, well, don't we have the capacity to pray, uh, especially for those around us? Uh, we do, amen? Uh, and so the purpose of our faith is to cause those cir- circumstances to change, amen? amen. Uh, and so, so Jesus said, why, why are you worried about it? And, of course, we read uh, Philippians 4, 6, right? And, and Jared, if you'd pull up Philippians 4, 6 in the, in the Amplified, that's, uh, that's always a good one to read in the Amplified version there. Uh, Philippians 4, 6 in the King James says, Be careful for, for nothing. So how many things should you worry about? None. So if you worry about anything, now you are in direct rebellion against the Word of God. Is that true? I mean, if he said, be careful for nothing, well, I can't, I, there's a few things I do worry about. Well, then you're in direct rebellion to the Word of God. The Word of God says to be careful for nothing. Or the, as the Amplified says, do not fret or have any anxiety about what? Anything. About anything, right? So does, does that mean about anything? Well, it does mean about anything, right? I mean, it does it say about anything? Well, well, except for that thing, right? I mean, I can worry about that thing. No, you can't worry about that thing. Well, what about that person? I mean, is that is anything, does that include people too? I mean, it includes people too, amen? Is there anything qualified for you to worry, uh, to worry about? There's nothing that you're qualified, that, that is qualified. Well, it's a big thing, so it's okay if I worry about that. Again, even if you worry about it, how have you changed it? How have you made it better? How have you applied faith to it, Amen. Uh, and of course it says, uh, it says, but by prayer and petition, a definite request with thanksgiving. Amen. So, so why are we thankful? Well, uh, we talked a little bit about that last, last week, but I think it'd be helpful to go and see why, why do we have the ability to be thankful in something that we would otherwise worry about? Well, let's turn to Mark 11, uh, chapter 11 there. We'll look at this verse. It's a, good, it's a good verse to understand how this works. Because if this verse is true, that we cannot afraid to have any anxiety about uh, anything. Uh, well, how do we do that? It tells us, it, it gives us uh, how do we live this way in every circumstance. So every circumstance where there would be a natural uh, need to worry, uh, you know, outside of faith, but you look at the situation, somebody's not doing right, or the situation's not working out, or the job's failing, or the finances are failing, or the health is failing, whatever the circumstance that would normally cause worry, he said, in that circumstance, then use prayer. And petition, which is, you know, uh, just a specific type of prayer, a definite request with thanksgiving. So if, there, if a, an event arises and we would normally worry about that, 
then you know some people worry about their own situations, but they worry about situations of people around them. Then is there anything that you can do about it? Well, it says you can pray. But what's the, what's the Thanksgiving part? Why is there Thanksgiving involved in that? Well, if we, if, uh, if we come back to Mark, 11, chapter, Mark chapter 11, verse 24, this gives us the reason why we have the ability to be thankful about it. It says, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire. Well, it sounds kind of like uh, in every circumstance, right? Back to uh, Philippians 4, 6. In every circumstance, what things soever you desire. So what, that, what things soever. So that, is there any limit to that? Any situation that's not covered? What things soever you desire would be like everything, right? Uh, this is not hard to understand. It says, when you pray, well, that sounds like Philippians 4, 6, right? When you pray. Uh, so, so that's why we're not supposed to be neutral about circumstances and just, well, I'm just ignoring it. Well, that's, you know, that's great. You're not helping anybody, right? Uh, you, you're not helping the people around you. Well, I don't care if they fail or succeed. Well, thanks for your assistance, right? Uh, and, and so, you know, I think about my good friend Jerry. You know, one time I, I was uh, not, uh, not well, uh, and uh, it was, I don't know what, I still don't know what it was. Uh, I would get up and I'd get ready, you know, get cleaned up, get in a shower, and I would get real dizzy. Uh, and uh, of course, some people think that's my normal state, but that's not, not really my normal state. Uh, and so, uh, I, and I, couldn't, I couldn't even stand up. And so I would go back to bed. And this went on for like three or four days. It was really un, unusual. I didn't go to work. Uh, and so I'm in bed one day and Jerry, my friend who lived close by, stops by. Uh, and uh, I'm thinking, okay, my friend stopped by. He's going to join me in faith, hook up with me, you know, pray for me, you know, get me out of, out of the situation. Uh, and he gets to the doorway of my, of my room, and, and he looks at me and goes, wow, I've never seen you like that before, and walked away. Uh, non, completely non-caring attitude, right? That's what friends are for right there, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, but, you know, it did inspire me. Well, he ain't going to be any help. I guess I'm going to have to do this on my own. Uh, and so, uh, you know, <laughs> so uh, I don't know that the Lord told them to do that, but it did, it did help me to, to, to move on and say, well, I'm going to have to take care of this. And so, and so I believe God. I'm going to get up, and, and I had to power through. So, Lord, I'm the healed of God. Uh, and uh, I, I was really unqualified to drive to work, but I drove to work anyway that day. Uh, and I got to, got to work, sat down at my desk, and within like 10 minutes, whatever, that was just, it dissolved. It went away, right? And so, uh, but, you know, sometimes you have to, I didn't power through just physically. I powered through by faith, right? Because I'm the healed of God, and that was my declaration. I am the healed of God. And if I'm healed of God, I should go to work. Uh, and that's the way that I think, you know. And so he said, what things soever you desire when you pray. So we, we've got to, so our responsibility is to do something. Amen. Uh, it's not just not worrying about it. Well, I don't care what happens. You haven't done anything about it. When you pray, amen? Uh, he said, uh, what's the very next step after you pray? Believe that you receive them. Uh, and then what's the last step? Then you'll have them, right? And so that's the order of faith, amen? That's not the order of the world. That's the order, the order of the world is I'll believe it when I see it. You know, I've asked for it, and when I get it, then I'll believe it, Right? And that's what you have to do with people, right? Because I have no faith in people, right? I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't care what you say. I just can see what you do, right? So I'm going to, you know, I'll give that to you. Okay, uh, I'll believe that when I see that because that's fine, right? Because people, you know, they're not God. But if God says it, then he'll do it. So if he, if he says that when I pray that my next step is to believe that I receive it, well, well, that believing comes before the receiving. 
Is that the order of events, right? The believing comes before the receiving. So if you're waiting to receive before you believe, that's not even faith. That's just, you know, that's, in fact, that's the opposite of faith. Amen? You know, uh, that's the, that's, that's uh, uh, Thomas's faith. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, that's not really believing it when you see it. Amen? So this is the order. So, so if that's true, that when you pray that you believe that you receive that, uh, then what, what would happen on the inside of you if you really believe that you receive that? Then, then you would have joy, right? You would be thankful that you received it. And, and I'll give you just an example. Of the Lord uh, taught me this many years ago, just as, as a good example. Uh, one time, one of the kids were not well, and they, you know, had something, strep throat or something. And, uh, and so I did, you know, as my, my fatherly job is I went and prayed for them. And just, you know, went through the, you know, Lord, you're the healer. I lay hands in the name of Jesus, you know, command this body to be well. Uh, and, uh, and nothing really changed. Uh, and, you know, I was just, just sitting there uh, with them, and, uh, and, uh, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, he said how would you react if I really, uh, if they uh, were healed instantly? Uh, and and I, well, I thought, well, I'd be full of joy. He said, that's the way you're supposed to be before you see it. See, that's, that's believing first, and then you'll have it, right? So if I really believed that I received the end of my petition, before I actually get it, as soon as I, really I believe as soon as I complete the petition, that's when my faith occurs, right? I believe I made a petition to the Lord. Now I believe he's going to do what I've asked him to do. You know, as we know the limits are as long as it lines up with the word of God. Uh, but that's kind of obvious, right? That the Lord wants your child to be well. Well, sure he does, right? So that's not even a question. Of course, he wants my child to be well. And, and so when he said that to me, immediately joy rose up in my heart. And within just minutes, they were perfectly fine. Uh, just, you know, just... Uh, uh, within that, that same time frame, all of that strep throat was just gone. Because I believed first, and then I received it. So if I believe first, see, then I can be thankful. That's the whole point of Philippians 4, 6, with thanksgiving. Well, well why are you thankful? Because he heard my prayer, and he's going to answer my desire. So it's easy to be thankful. Oh, Lord, I prayed, and, and, and it's coming. Well, is it here yet? No. Well, why are you thankful? Because he said it's coming. And if he says it's coming, then what? It's coming. Amen. Now, see, people, you can't trust people, but if the Lord says that, that if you make a petition, he will answer your petition, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, then, then he said, then you'll have them. So if he said that, then is he a man of his word? Is, will he do what he says he would do? Remember we read this morning in, in Jeremiah 1.12 that he, he watches over his word to perform it. I said that I would give you things that you desire when you pray. So when you pray, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch over the word to make sure that comes to pass. Uh, well, then that's why we have the capacity to be thankful. That's why we should be thankful because, well, I prayed. So th- well, then between now and the receiving of it, right, he believed that you receive it and you'll have it. So it, now what's the time frame between believing and receiving? Well, that, that's in his, that's in his uh, ballpark, right? Uh, that's on his side. Well, when is it going to happen? I don't know. Uh, well, uh, then let him do his job. Amen? Well, what if he doesn't come through? Well, then he's a liar, and we shouldn't serve him anyway. Uh, is he a liar? Uh, and, and, of course, you know, well, well people, uh, oftentimes, they won't be in faith, uh, uh, and they'll just say, well, Lord, you know, I believe it, but you don't really believe it. You know, it's not the words, it's the faith. Do you really believe it? Amen? So they'll, they'll say, oftentimes, they'll say the words, but you ask him, do you really believe it's going to happen? Well, not really. You believe this is going to happen? Well, we'll see. Well, it's not really faith. Just, it's, it's not the mechanics of going through this. It's, do you believe the Lord will do what he says he's going to do? It's really, faith is not hard, but people, people say it's hard. I have a hard time with faith. Well, 
may have a hard time believing that the Lord will do what he says he's going to do? That's really what you're saying, is if you have a hard time believing in faith or having faith, then you're saying that I just don't know that the Lord is honest. I'm pretty sure the Lord is wishy-washy in his words. I'm pretty sure the Lord says something, he doesn't really mean it. That's, what, I mean, that's really what you're saying, right? Uh, and if you knew him, you knew him to be a, a person of his word. If he says it, that what sort of things I desire when I pray, then I'll have them. So if I'm praying for, for something and it doesn't happen instantly, it doesn't matter. I stay thankful until it arrives. Uh, and so uh, now uh, what I have found, if I'm dealing with something in my own life, it comes fairly quick. But if I'm dealing with something in somebody else's life, I mean, it's like, you know, it could take sometimes years. Uh, and, and the Bible talks about the, the, the fruit of the Spirit called long-suffering. And the purpose of long-suffering is I will suffer a long time in prayer on your behalf because uh, I will suffer seeing you not, not living as best you could uh, until, until you do, uh, but I will remain in faith until it arrives. It, it, does it hurt to see somebody else not be well, not do well? It does, doesn't it? Amen. That's the long suffering. We're suffering because it, it hurts us to see other people not be well. Uh, and so sometimes it's a long period of time. It doesn't have to be. The person could decide today. But sometimes, you know, we're, we're not really bright. Amen. Uh, in fact, you know, uh, I think we mentioned something about this maybe Wednesday about, no, no it was uh, Friday night prayer. Uh, the Lord was just, uh, we, we were praying for, <clears throat> we were praying for, specifically praying for Brother Randy and his ministry. And, and the Lord was just, uh, encouraged me to pray about his, his integral part in the body of Christ. Amen. We all have a part to play. He has a part to play. Amen. Uh, and uh, then what he was showing me, the reason why we're praying for that is because oftentimes when people don't do the will of God, things are delayed. And he started taking me back into history, taking me, take, took me back to the nation of Israel. When they left the, the promised land, uh, when they left Egypt to go into the promised land, uh, how long should it have taken them to get there? Just days, right? Just a matter of days, right? There's a varying amount of time, but, but just days, a day's travel, uh, several days' travel from Egypt to the Promised Land, it should have gone from the Red Sea straight into the River Jordan and been done with it. But how long did it take them? Forty years. Why did it take them 40 years? Because the men would not yield to God. Uh, and so oftentimes when men do things, it delays the plan of God. Now, it, doesn't ha- it didn't have to. They could have done it in days, but it took them years. Not on God's side. It wasn't on God's side. It was because men were slow. You, you, you ever uh, thought about getting somebody to help you about something? And you said, oh, if I have to use them, it's like, oh, it's going to take so long, you know? Uh, I know uh, uh, not so much anymore, but when Jared was younger, you know, we'll throw Jared on the bus for just a second. He'd do something and say, Jared, that's a five-minute job. It's not, it's not a two-hour job, right? Uh, in fact, we had an employee working for us one time, uh, and he left. And it hit, the last thing he told the, the next employee that came along, he said, let me show you how to take a one-hour job and turn it into an all-day job. That is a terrible employee, right? Uh, why? Because that's stealing, right? That, that's thievery, amen? Uh, and so, uh, you know, when you, when you do, well, men have done that as long as men have been around. And then he took me back to the nation of Israel. When, when, uh, when remember, when... Uh, the, the, uh, the 12 patriarchs uh, went down to, uh, to Egypt when, when uh, uh, Joseph was there, right? Uh, and he was the second in command. <clears throat> and uh, they were, at that point in time, there were 75 of them that went down to Egypt. 
Uh, and then, uh, but they stayed in Egypt. How long did they stay in Egypt? How long were they slaves in, in Egypt? 400 something years, like 430 years or so. Uh, well, weren't they supposed to be in the promised land? Didn't the Lord promise Abraham to go in the promised land? That he showed him the promised land, all this is yours? Why did it take him 400 years? Because it wasn't until they cried out the Lord was able to move. Nobody was praying about the promised land. Nobody was saying, hey, Lord, you promised the promised land. I want to go in. So it took them 400 years to get to the promised land, plus another 40 years because they were so slow. So it took them 470 years. They could have gone to Egypt for the, for the uh, they went to Egypt for the seven years of the famine. They could have gone through the seven years of famine with, with uh, protection, and they gone right in the promised land. But nobody's praying about it. Nobody's asking the Lord to move them into the promised land. Nobody's doing anything. They, well, this is comfortable. Right? We love comfortable, right? We love to set our thermostats in the right temperature, and life is good, right? And then you know, we don't have to sweat, don't have to do anything. Life is good. We just don't have to believe God. Uh, and so things are delayed when, when men won't believe. Things get slow when men won't believe. When uh, Things get slow when men won't yield to, the, to God. But uh, when we're praying for other people, especially, that's when we have to have long-suffering. I will pray until my last breath, and I will get you across the finish line uh, if I have anything to do about it. And I tell the Lord, Lord, I'm going to have to live forever. Until this person straightens up, I'm going to have to live. I will be alive until this person finds, finds the blessings of heaven. Yes. Uh, and that's my attitude. Uh, and I will stay in long-suffering. And so that's why, back to Philippians 4, 6, that uh, I, I don't have to have any fret or have any anxiety about anything because I can pray and have a de- definite request made unto God. And because I've made a definite request, now I'm thankful because I've made the request. It's coming. Yes. So I can be thankful. The Lord is coming. I get excited. The Lord is coming. Uh, and, you know, uh, what if it doesn't come tomorrow? You know, reality sets in sometimes like, Lord, you know, it seems like it's taking a long time. I go back, but I prayed. And so I'm, it's coming, Lord. It's coming. And, and I just start speaking. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, because that, and so that's, I'm going to stay in thankfulness because if, if I get out of thankfulness, then I get in doubt and unbelief. And oftentimes we short-circuit our own faith. Lord, I've been, I've been believing like, you know, since 2 o'clock, and it hasn't come yet, so I guess it ain't coming. You, 2 o'clock, really? I mean, that's really long-suffering. It, it's been like 18 minutes now since you believe God. I mean, maybe 19 minutes, right? Uh, you know, that, that our job is not to put God on a timetable. Our job is to believe that if, if I prayed, whatsoever I desire, when I pray, I believe that I receive it. Instead of saying, after a day, I guess God didn't want me to have it. Is that what Mark 11 uh, 24 says in the footnote, what save the things you die when you pray, believe that you receive them unless God doesn't want you to have it? No, I mean, if you, if you desire it, if as long as it lines up with the word of God, you know, obviously, uh, then, then he's, he's going to come through, it, unless he's a liar, right? So that's why, that's the with thanksgiving part, the with thanksgiving part is because faith resides in our heart. We are thankful because we are in faith. We're thankful because I've made my petition knowing that God hears my prayers and gives, gives the things that I desire uh, over in, uh, in John chapter 5, in, in 1 John chapter 5, uh, he says a very similar thing there. Uh, in 1 John chapter 5, in verse, uh, we'll start in verse 14, <clears throat> he says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. So uh, that, that first part of it, this is the confidence that we have. Do you have confidence in the Lord? A lot of the church, well, you know, Lord, if it be your, if it be your will. So you don't know if it's will? Yeah, so I don't, know, I don't know if he's going to come through or not. Well, is there any confidence in that statement? No confidence in, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe he will, maybe he won't. 
There's no confidence in that statement. That's, in fact, the exact opposite of confidence. No confidence. Amen? Uh, this is the confidence that we have in Him. So do you have confidence when you pray according to His will that you'll have that which you desire? See, you have to, well, I don't have any confidence at all. Well, but, I mean, you know, that's, that's a declaration of your lack of faith. This is the confidence we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will. So that's, that tells us the, the, the constraint on that prayer, right? Anything according to His will. So if His word declares it, then it's according to His will. Amen? Has He declared that, that uh, I am the Lord who healeth thee? Then, that's according, then healing is according to His will. Uh, and yet, even in, even in the Pentecostal churches, right? Lord, if it be Thy will, you know, uh, heal so-and-so. You don't know? So you think there might be a chance when his desire, right? When you say his will, that you're talking about his desire, that his desire is to kill you with sickness and disease? Yeah, sometimes. Really? You believe the Lord's desire is to kill you with sickness and disease? Well, yeah. Have you ever met the Lord Jesus? How many times did he put sickness and disease on anybody in the Gospels? He said that he came to be a reflection uh, or an exact image of his will. So if he never put sickness on anybody when he was on the earth, then his will is to never put sickness on anybody. Uh, and so if we ask anything according to his will, uh, then he hears us. So that implies that if we ask something that's not according to his will, he never heard us. Yeah, God said, no, it's not possible. Because if he heard you at all, it's, by, it, it's according to his will. If you didn't ask according to his will, he never heard it, never got to heaven. Uh, you ever send an email, comes back, rejected, not arrived, right? You maybe had a typo in the email address. It comes back and, sorry, it didn't happen. Send a text message, not delivered. Would the other person reject it? No, they never saw it. Does the Lord rejecting your, your, your doubt and unbelief prayers? No, he never hears them. So it's not like he's hearing them and going, no, he's never heard them. So it's not, it's not that uh, he's, well, I heard, I decided no. No, the answer is always yes. If it's according to his will, the answer is always yes. Isn't that what it says? If you ask anything according to his will, he hears you. And, the, and if we know, verse 15, if we know that he hears us, so do you know that? I hope he heard me. You don't know? I just hope he did. Well, that hoping is not knowing, right? Hoping is maybe it did, maybe he didn't hear us. Uh, confidence is, yeah, he heard me. He hears all my prayers. Well, how do you know? Because he said he, he said he does. If I ask according to his will, amen? Uh, and so he said, and if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So how could you not be thankful if you know that you have the petitions whereof you, you've desired of him, right? That you have asked of him. Uh, that we have the petitions that we desired of him. So wouldn't it be easy to be thankful if you've prayed and you know he heard your prayer and you know he's going to come through? Wouldn't it be easy to be thankful? Yes. See, that, that's Philippians 4, 6. With thanksgiving. The thank, it's not... Well, I guess I've got to be thankful now. The thanksgiving is not a, a commandment. The thanksgiving is a result of you knowing that he heard your prayer, and then you'd obviously be thankful. If I just came up and gave you $100, you'd be thankful, wouldn't you? And I have done things for people before, and I gave, I gave it to them. They go, wow, could, could it be more next time? <laughs> unthankful, right? You ever, you ever done something for somebody so unthankful? You know, it's just... It's really hard not to be in bitterness. Fine, you know, hope you choke in $100, you know, whatever it is, you know. Uh, and so you have to regard your own heart and not being bitter towards them. But the thought will cross your mind to be bitter towards them, right? Uh, and so, uh, but with the Lord, that if we ask, see, then it's easy. The, thank, the thanksgiving is a fruit of, of my faith. It's easy for me to be thankful to the Lord that he's heard my prayer and he's going to answer it. Amen. 
And then I have to stay the course. From, from the time I believe to the time I receive, I will stay the course in thanksgiving. Lord, I prayed, so it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Amen? Uh, and and so, uh, so now we can go back to uh, Philippians chapter 4. So that's what he said. Do not fret to have any anxiety about anything. So there's nothing that's qualified that, that uh, is, worthy to be wor- is worthy to be worried about. Uh, and so uh, is there anything that's, that is not covered in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving? Unless it's a really big thing. Well, then, okay, then it's fine. It's okay to worry about it if it's a really big thing. Well, no, I mean, it, it, there's nothing. So, so really, if, you're in, if you refuse to, uh, to give it up, then you're in direct rebellion to the word of God. If it's to, to uh, do not fret to ha- have any anxiety about anything, and yet you do have fret, uh, fretting and anxiety about uh, a lot of things, then you're in direct rebellion to the word of God. Well, you just can't, you just can't live that way. Well, then the Lord was unjust in, in commanding you to live this way. Is this a commandment or a suggestion? Did he say, do not fret to have any anxiety about anything as best you can? No, he didn't say as best you can, or if it feels good, if it's only small things. He said, in anything, right? And do not forget to have any anxiety about what? Anything. So anything means what? Anything, right? I mean, that's, that, see, that's the way I, I love the Word of God, because oftentimes he, he's very um, um, absolute in his commandments. There's no wiggle room. There's no room for our lack of faith or our lack of diligence or our, our lack of, of believing that he's, he does exactly what he says he's going to do. He said, this is the way to live right here and no wiggle room. Well, Lord, I just, I just can't quit worrying about it. Yes, you can. See, that if you, when you say things like that, I can't quit worrying about it, what you're saying is, therefore, I am, un, I am not guilty of violating his word and I will never be judged for, for not doing his word. You're saying, Lord, then, then you, you have no right to judge me for not doing this because I am not guilty because I can't, I can't do your word. You think that's going to fly with him? When you stand before heaven? Did you, did you stop worrying about that? Lord, I couldn't stop worrying about that. You, you're right. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to be so, so dramatic in my word and telling you not to have fretfulness about anything. Get, you got to buy. You just, you know, go, you go on and, and you don't have to do my word. Everybody else has to do my word, but you... You don't have to do it. It's okay. Is he, you think he's going to be okay with that? He's never going to say that. He's never going to say, well, for you. I mean, you've got a big thing. Nobody has ever, ever gone through what you've gone through before. Amen. Don't you love that? Uh, you know, nobody's ever suffered like I've suffered. Really? Amateur. Right? I mean, none of, has any of us suffered like Jesus suffered? Then we're all amateurs. Amen. Nobody's ever gone through what I've gone through. Boring. Not true. Right? Not true. You know how many people have gone through what you've gone through? Probably millions of people have gone through exactly what, exactly what you've gone through, and maybe worse. Amen? I know, like, you know, mothers, uh, uh, first babies, right? You have the first baby, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of concern there for mothers, you know? And I just remind Chris, you know, um, people are having babies for thousands of years. There's been billions of babies born without any problems in the earth. Uh, well, what about this one? Billions of babies have been born before you, Right? Uh, and so, and she, she didn't really worry about it, but a lot of uh, first-time mothers, you know, by the time the third kid gets there, it's like, ah, they'll be fine, right? Yeah, it don't matter, you know. Uh, you know, you check their diapers, like, oh, they're good for a couple more hours, right? You know, I mean, when, when I know when Anne-Marie was born, we changed like 30 diapers a day. It's like, you know, they might need change. We go change it, you know, and it's like nothing happens, you know. Uh, by the time Jared's like, eh, you got a good couple days more left on that one there, you know. And, and so you just don't, you just, just you know, just, 
uh, you realize, you know, kids are tough, right? Uh, and so, so is this, is this a good verse? Is Philippians 4, 6 a good verse? It is a good verse, right? Uh, and he, so, so is this a commandment or suggestion? So if there's anything that we are worrying about, what should we do? Pray. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving letter requests a definite petition made to God. Lord, this is the situation. I don't like the situation. Here's what my request is. Move on their behalf. Speak to them. Remind them that you love them. Care for them. Sometimes I'll say, Lord, keep them alive long enough for them to get into your will. Because some people are so rebellious, they live on the edge of death every day, right? Lord, keep them alive long enough. Doesn't mean they're going to have a wonderful life because people will do what they're going to do. But Lord, keep them alive long enough in your protection by your mercy until they see the light of the glorious gospel of, of Jesus. And he will, he, if that's a request, and I've made that as his child, he will do that on my behalf. He will keep them alive long enough and well long enough to, to fully uh, engage in the will and plan of God for their life. He can't change their will. He can't change their heart. But he can, he can first of all, protect them so that their will and their desire doesn't bring harm to their life, but he'll continue to, to bring light to their heart to show them, hey, there's a better way. And when they make the decision, okay, I'm going to follow the better way. See, now they're okay. But you've kept them alive long enough to get into the will of God. Uh, is that not a definite request and petition? I prayed that prayer over many people. Lord, keep them alive long enough to, to follow, find your will. He said, if you do this, right, then you get verse 7. So verse 7 is is only accomplished by the prerequisite of doing verse 6. If you pray and you're you're in faith with thanksgiving, then, he said, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So uh, worry and peace are, are diametrically opposed, right? You cannot worry and be at peace at the same time. But if you're in peace, it's impossible to worry. Well, aren't, aren't you concerned about that? I'm in peace about it. Well, don't you know? I'm at peace about it. Well, how could you possibly be at peace about it? I pray. The Lord's going to come through. What's their worry about? I pray. He said, if I pray, he'll come through. So I can be at peace about it. Well, well doesn't it concern you? Well, no, because I have, he said uh, that it will keep my, my hearts and minds. And, and I, I wrote these, uh, uh, I've got a, a, a bunch of translations about this. Uh, but one of them, uh, one translation says that he will, uh, uh, in verse, uh, verse 7, God's peace shall be your shall be yours the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot whatsoever sort that is that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus one translation says God's peace which towers above all reasoning shall stand guard over your minds and thoughts in Christ Jesus uh, 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 several of them talk about uh, guarding your hearts and minds so uh, it's going to stand garrison, right? Uh, which means there's, there's soldiers there that are protecting you from these worries. When they come, those because those worries, if that situation doesn't change immediately, that worry is going to come back and try to get on you. You're going to say, no, I'm at peace. You, uh, the peace of God, is, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm at peace. I don't understand that I'm in peace, but I've done what he says and I'm at peace. Why? Because that, that, that peace will stand garrison at the door of the worry, where you can't come in here. You're not allowed in here. Uh, well, that, that is a result of doing verse 6. So uh, I, I just can't quit worrying. Well, then you've not done verse 6. Because if you've done verse 6, then, then the peace of God will guard your heart and mind. Amen? Because worry is the root of worry is in your mind. It's not, it's not in the spirit realm. It's in your mind. Thinking about it over and over again. There's things that, that I believe in God for. I may not think about it for days, weeks sometimes. 
Uh, and it still hasn't come to pass. But if I think about it, well, Lord, I, I'm thank you that it's coming. I don't have to go back and repray the petition. I've already made the petition. I just go back. I'm thankful, Lord, that I've made the petition. You're coming through. And just remind myself, Lord, this is a petition. And I'll remind myself what, I, what the petition I made to the Lord. Lord, this is the request that I made, and it's coming through. I don't re-ask the petition. I don't, I don't re-ask the, the request. I've already made the request. But I'll remind myself, this is the request I made. He heard my prayer. He's coming through. And so, Lord, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that it's, it's on its way. Uh, and so uh, we, we need uh, that peace to garrison our hearts and minds. Amen? We need that. But we only get that. See, this is the progression. Verse 6 comes before verse 7. Uh, that's pretty big uh, revelation right there, right? 6 comes before 7. So we do verse 6. The fruit of verse 6 is then 7. Uh, amen? So we don't get the peace of God. Lord, I, I, Lord, give me peace. He didn't say pray for peace. Peace is not something you pray for. Peace is something that is a fruit of, right? What, what does Galatians chapter 5 say? The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, what? Peace. So peace is a fruit of a prior action. The prior action is verse 6. I do verse 6. Peace comes as a fruit of my life. Peace comes as a fruit of my prior actions of faith that I've done. I've made my petitions. I've made my requests unto God. I am thankful that it's on its way. Peace comes as a result of that. So you can't ask for peace. Peace doesn't replace worry. Peace comes after you pray, and it stands against worry. So it doesn't come and take worry out. Once you get worry out by praying and making your petition, that now peace comes so it doesn't return. And so that's our responsibility is do verse 6, we get verse 7. You don't pray for verse 7 directly. Amen? Oftentimes people want the blessings of God without doing the faith. Uh, Lord, just give me everything. That's not the way it works. Amen? And then he says, here's how to live this way. Uh, then he gets to verse 8. He says, finally, brethren. And then he gives us a list. What several things are true? Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Well, you can't, ju- you can't just decide what you think on. It tells you that you can. Well, you can't just think on good things. It tells you that you can. Think on these things, implying don't, don't think about other things. Amen? Now, and, uh, you know, just for me personally, the Lord helped me with this verse one time. I was dealing with a lot of people who were being unkind towards me. You ever had people being unkind towards you? Tell you all, all kinds of things, you know, accuse you of all manner of evil, trying to destroy your character. And, and what do you think about? That's all you think about. And, and Lord brought me to this verse, verse 8. He said, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true. You know, they were trying to bring facts and even lies into my life. And the Lord said, just think of things that are true. What, what's, who is the truth? Jesus is the truth. So does God love you? Well, that's truth, right? Whatsoever things are true. He didn't say whatsoever things are factu- factu- factually accurate because did you sin yesterday? Well, that's a fact. That's a factually uh, true thing, a factually accurate thing that occurred. But the truth is God will forgive you. See, there's a difference between truth and facts. Amen. Truth is absolute. Truth comes from the word of God. Facts change every day. Amen. So, yeah, you may have done that, but did you ask for forgiveness? Well, then the truth is you're forgiven. Well, I'm not going to forgive you. It doesn't matter. The, the truth is I'm forgiven. And so I, I, I live in truth. I live in what the Word of God says. If, if the Lord says, I'm forgiven, then that's truth. Well, I'm not going to forgive you. That's not my problem. Well, I don't like you. That's not my problem. Well, you know, I, I don't like how you're doing things. Not my problem. I live in truth. Lord, what, you, uh, what did you say about it? Oh, you love me? Well, that's all I got to know. So, what, so he gives you a list of things. And we're going to go through this. Just read those things. Words for things are true, honest, right? 
honorable, just, uh, what things are pure, lovely, good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So if you're not thinking on these things, then you've got to adjust your thinking. Well, Lord, I can't think about that anymore, Lord. I've already prayed. I refuse to think about that. I'm going to think about how wonderful you are. I'm going to think about how true your word is. Uh, and see, uh, we can live that way, and we can, we can get out of, uh, out of worry. Amen? We can get out of the things that uh, we have been going over and over in our mind. But we have to, we're required to follow God's plan. We can't just decide, well, Lord, you've got to take this worry out of me. There's, you, there's no prayer that says, Lord, uh, please take this worry out of me. He says, here's how to get worry out of you is by doing these things. Amen? Is living by faith. Uh, and so let's, uh, let's turn over to uh, one more verse here, and we'll finish up our discussion about worry. Uh, see, if you ever live this way, if you ever get, get to this place one time, you'll, you'll never go anywhere else. Uh, amen? And so... Uh, we're there in Philippians. Let's turn over to First uh, Peter chapter five, and it, it basically says the same thing here. There, but it's it's uh, helpful to us. He says, uh, uh, Philippians chapter five, verse seven. It says, "Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you." So, how many of your care should you cast upon Him? All, all right. Well, except for the big things. I mean, if they're big things, you just keep them, right? Is that what it says? No, again, absolutes, right? Is there anything that is worthy for you, for you to maintain and to hold on to that you're worrying about? No, cast all your cares upon him. Well, well why should I do that? Well, again, for, if you keep it, are you helping anybody? You helping yourself? You helping the person? You helping the situation? You're not doing, adding any value in the situation by remaining in worry. Uh, and so... He said, casting all you care upon him, for he careth for you. And uh, Jared, let's bring that uh, up in the Amplified as well there. In the Amplified, it says, casting the whole of your care. So again, that's absolute, right? All of your care. And it says, it says all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, how often? Once and for all. See, if you're, if you're casting that same worry to the Lord every day, you never really have cast it on him. Amen? Because it's supposed to be garrisoning your heart, right? It's supposed to be guarding your heart and mind. So, you know, a lot of people are like, well, Lord, I, I asked the Lord to take care of it, but, you know, he hadn't done it yet, so I'm just going to hang on to that worry. Yeah. Well, then you've not done Philippians 4, 6. Amen? You, so you've got to, uh, and you've got to be aggressive about it. I'm not worried about that. I've prayed. Because the temptation to worry will come back tomorrow. I can guarantee you it'll come back tomorrow. But what you'll find is if you'll stay diligent in these things, worry, especially about these certain circumstances, if you'll really get into faith about it, the temptation to worry will come back tomorrow, but you've got to be aggressive. No, I'm not worried about that. I've already prayed. And so you attack that worry. I'm, no, no, you leave. I refuse. I'm going to think about these good things. Whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, if there be any virtue, praise, think on these things. That's what I'm thinking about. And so the, it's not that the temptation to worry doesn't come back, but what happens is the worry comes back and go, well, I thought it'd work. I guess it didn't. So, uh, Lord, I, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do that. You know, I don't know if we're going to make it or not. We just, we grab that worry right back. We, we bring it into our life and we start worrying about it. And we discard all the faith that we, uh, and we may have had real faith. It's not that you never had faith. I guess, I guess I never was in faith. You might've been in faith for, you know, five or 10 seconds sometimes, right? Uh, maybe like all, all, all lunchtime, right? I mean, you may have been in faith like all afternoon. Uh, now I know uh, one person, they were having some financial problems and, and I was just talking about 
I said, well, tell me about your, your giving record. Well, I don't ever give. Well, there you go, right? I mean, the Bible says, given shall be given unto you. Well, I just want the giving unto me part. Yeah, but you can't get the giving unto you part without the giving first, right? I mean, that's kind of the way it works, right? I didn't write it. That's the way he wrote, right? Well, I just, I, Lord, I, can I just have the giving part, giving unto me part? Well, no, not without you giving first, amen? And I said, well, do you ever tithe? No, I never tithe. Well, I mean, there you go. And so I said, you know, you do whatever you want to. I said, but if you, if you ask you for my advice, I would encourage you to tithe first. And then you can say, Lord, I've tithed. And you said, if you give, you give, you give unto me. And so they came back to me after a week. I've tithed, you know, nothing's, t- nothing's changed. So, so, you, so you haven't tithed for like 40 years and you've tithed once and you want everything to change. And if it didn't change, you're like, it doesn't work. I mean, uh, you know, I, I was in faith like, like for a day. You know, uh, we've got to stay the course. We've got to go, Lord, you said this, I'm staying with this the rest of my life. Amen. Uh, and so he said, to cast the whole of your care, all of your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all. So whatever the situation is, it's a once and done casting, right? I cast this care about this person, the circumstance, the situation. Uh, Lord, you, you deal with it however you want to. I don't know how you're going to get me out of it, but you deal with it. I don't know how, how it's going to happen. You're going to deal with it, Lord. I'm casting a care upon you. He said, I'll, I'll take care of it. Because he said, why? He said, for... Uh, on him, for he cares for you affectionately. Does he really care about you? you know, people's uh, thoughts about the Lord are very harsh. Or the Lord puts up with us. He didn't put up with us. He loves us dearly. He cares about you affectionately. And cares, uh, cares for you affectionately. He cares about you watchfully. I'm watching over you every day. Make sure all is well. He, he's protecting us. He loves us dearly. Why would he tell us to do these things? if he didn't intend to care about us, if he didn't care about us. You know, we're not a nuisance to the Lord. But much of the church thinks we're a nuisance. I didn't ask the Lord. I didn't want to bother him. You know, like, he, like he, bothered, he created you, but you're a bother to him. Amen? That's not the way he is. Uh, one tradition says, you can throw the whole weight of your anxieties upon him, for you are his personal concern. Uh, I like the, the emphasis of that, the weight of your anxieties. Is, is worry a weight? Just feel uh, burdened down with the weights? Well, we're not, his yoke is easy and his burden is what? Light. If you're under the burden of worries, then you're not in the will of God. You're out of the will of God. Well, I, I, I do everything the Lord tells me to. No, you don't. You don't do half the things he tells you to. Because he said, cast all your cares upon him. Well, I, I don't do that. I mean, that sounds kind of harsh, right? I, I, I can't not worry. Well, then you don't do the things he told you to do. Uh, and, and really, you know, to be honest, people say, I, I love the Lord. No, you don't. He said, if you love me, you'll do what? Keep my commandments. And so, well, I can't do that. That's harsh. Well, then you don't really love him. Because if you loved him, you, you'd know, if you really loved him, you'd know how much he loved you. And it'd be easy for you to cast the weight of your cares upon him. Well, Lord, you deal with it. I'm not dealing with this person. You deal with this person. You love him. You protect him. You watch over them. You remind him how much you care about them. You protect, keep him alive long enough for Lord for them to yield to your will. And that's the last I'll worry about it. You don't, worry, you don't worry about your kids? No, I don't worry about my kids. You don't worry about your church? I don't worry about the church. You don't worry about me? I don't worry about you at all. You, know? you mean you don't love me? I, I love all of you all. But I don't worry about a single one of you. Not a single one. Not a one of you, right? Well, uh, I don't know if I want to be at this church or not. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I mean, you know, I'm not trying to get rid of you or anything. What you should know is, is I care enough about you to pray for you. Amen? In faith. Uh, even if I see you doing things wrong, Lord, uh, uh, remind them that you love them. Care about them. Show them, Father. 
that the path they're on, it will not end well. Well, that's me caring about you. Amen. In that sense, right? But I don't worry about you. Why would I worry about you? He said, I don't worry about anything. Cast all your cares upon him. So <clears throat> that doesn't mean, that means I, don't, I don't desire good things for you. And it doesn't mean I, I won't move in faith on your behalf. I do those things. But worrying about you? I'm not worried about you for a second. Not even a nanosecond. Amen. <clears throat> and so uh, he said, once right, says, let him have all your worries and cares for he is always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. One says, pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there, for he always tenderly cares for you. Leave them there. You know, people go and, and, and cast the cares upon the Lord and they come back and they can I have that back? Are you done with that? I, I, need, to, I need to worry back. Right, can I have that? And they go and take it back from the Lord. And the Lord's like, I was just fixing to do something about it. Yeah, I need it, Lord. Give it back to me. And they go take that worry back, don't they? Uh, so, so you've got, you've got to leave them there. Amen. Once and for all, it's not a, not a, for the afternoon, you know, uh, it's once and for all. Uh, uh, the final translation we'll read about this is having deposited with him once and for all, the whole of your worry, because to him, it is a matter of concern respecting you. Having deposited with him once and for all. Uh, aren't you worried about it? He's got it. He's taking care of it. Why, why, he's much better at taking care of it than I am. Uh, he's much better about helping people than you are. Amen. Now, he may give you some instructions. See, here's the thing that, that, that if we're especially dealing with other people or even dealing with things in your own life, if once you cast a care upon him, see, then he can move. And he may come back and say, well, here's how to fix your situation. Do this or do that. See, then he can move. Once you cast it upon him, it goes, yeah, I've got a whole plan. I've got it all laid out exactly how to take care of it, how to resolve it, but I'm waiting on you to give it to me. Because, Lord, I can take care of it. It's like, is that right? <laughs> Let me know how this is working out for you, right? I mean, all, uh, how many times have we said, Lord, I've got this? Or, Don't worry about it, Lord, I've got this. He's like, is that right? Do you know what's going to happen tomorrow? Uh, do you know how this thing is going to explode the day after tomorrow? Well, Lord, I, I, I think I've got this. No, you cast it upon him. And then he can come back and now, now, here's how to avoid tragedy. Here's how to sustain them. Here's how to resolve your circumstance or, or take care of your situation He's going to give you wisdom, insight, and revelation once you cast it upon him because now he's going to, you made the petition, Lord, I need you to get me out of this. Okay, here's how to get you out of it. Here's how to get out of that situation. See, now you've cast it upon him. Now he can move on your behalf. But before that, he's constrained. He is unable to assist you to get out of the situation or to help people in your life because you've not operated by faith. You've not given him anything to work with. It's not that he's uncaring. He told the church, I need you to pray so that I can move. Remember, he said he, he watches over his word to perform it, but he watches over your word to perform it too. Amen, what we talked about earlier this morning. But once you pray, now he's got something to work with. If you don't pray, then he, he will not come and butt into your business. He will not stick his nose in other people's business. He will only do that, those things which are his business to operate. And by you casting it upon him, now it's his business to do something about it. We want to hang on to it, and we're really selfish in those things. And we get to heaven, Lord, why don't you do anything about it? I, I waited for, for 30 years for you to give that to me so I could, I could resolve it. I had the plan all laid out, six angels, two cherubim, three seraphim, all lined up to help you come and resolve the situation in your life. None of them got to move because you never would cast it upon me. Don't blame me. And yet we blame God for everything, right? And he's like, I had, I had armies of, of, of powerful angels waiting in the, in, in the wings to move the minute you cast that care upon me. 
None of them moved. Don't blame it on God. Amen. Uh, uh, and so we can be in faith. So Lord, now you move, Lord. You, you said to do this. Now you're going to perform your word. We're not demanding the Lord do that. He, he said to do these things. Didn't he instruct us to do these things? So if he instructed it, then, then our requirement, our responsibility is to do what he says so that he can do what he says. If we don't do what he says, he's unable to do uh, what he said he would do in response to us making a petition. Uh, and, and that's the covenant agreement we have with the Lord. We, we, we petition, we ask, he does. Jesus said, uh, uh, in that day you shall ask me nothing. Whatsoever things you, you ask or desire in my name, he will give it you. What you ask, he will then respond. So it's, it's us first. Of course, it's really him first because he made the covenant agreement, right? He made this word first. Then we, we do his word. Then he responds to us doing his word. That's the covenant agreement he's made with us. <clears throat> Pretty simple, right? Is that hard? It's really not hard. You don't know how hard it is. Easiest thing in the world. Easiest thing in the world to do what he says to do. Just do it. Uh, and... And it does take some training on your part to change if you're a world-class warrior. I mean, some people got PhDs, right? I've got a 30-year pin of worrying. Look at this right here, right? 30-year pin. I've worried about this since I was 12. And, and it's, it's still, I'm still worried about it, right? Uh, and, and, you know, you know people that, that uh, you ever seen, I have seen like young kids worry about things because they picked it up from their parents. And, you know, 12 years old. You know, they're like teenagers on, 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 on depression medication, right? Because they're worried. Like, what do you got to worry? You're 12, right? You're 15 years old. Oh, it's so hard. It's really not that hard. Huh? You know how, I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, the young adults, right? In their 20s, they're worried. And they're on, they're on depression medication. Well, why are, they, why are they depressed? Because they're worried about everything. You know, if you, if you had no worry in your life, you'd be just free, at ease, just walking, in, you know, just light, just a light person, amen? Instead of burden, remember the weights and the cares? Man, I got, I got no weights, no cares. Uh, and if, I, and if, if they ever come, I deal with them. Lord, this thing's here. Uh, 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 I'm not living this way. And, you, and usually, uh, in fact, my, my, the way that I operate, when, when I catch myself worrying, because, you know, I do breathe air like everybody else, right? Uh, and, and on occasion, I will catch myself worrying about it. I always go to the Lord and say, Lord, I ask you to forgive me for worrying. I always repent. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for worrying because worrying is not a faith. If it's not a faith, it's a sin. And so I always repent. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for worrying. And now, Lord, here's my petition. Here's my request. Here's what I ask you to do. And that, Lord, I thank you that, I thank you that you're going to do that which I've requested. And so now all that burden is gone. And I will guard that jealously. That worry tries to come back. Nope. I am not thinking about it, right? I've had people tell me, um, just, long, just not long ago, one of my family members, you know, I was talking to them on the phone. I said, well, you know, uh, uh, we've all got heart disease because, you know, dad died of heart disease, you know. Uh, my, my, my oldest brother died of a heart attack. My, my next brother who died, you know, it wasn't really a heart attack. I don't, even know, they don't really know why he died. He just died way too early, though. But, uh, you know, we've probably all got the same, we've all got this thing. You need to go get checked out. I said, I ain't doing it. Well, you need to go get it checked out. No. Well, why not? No. I'm not going to tell them, you know, I don't believe those things, you know. But see, they're trying, well, you know, you need to be worried about that. I ain't being worried about it. Number one, I got a new father the day I got saved. He has no heart disease. He's got no bad DNA. He's perfect. Amen. I am not worried about it. This heart will last until my last breath on the earth. 
and I have no fear. I'm not going to worry. Well, don't you, aren't you worried about it? Nope, not a bit. Well, Dad had it. I don't care. Well, Uncle Joe had it. I don't care. doesn't matter if they all died of it. What, is, what does Psalm 91 say? If a thousand fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, it'll not come nigh me. If they all died of it, I ain't worried about it. If Psalm 91 is so, I ain't worried about it. If, if the whole earth dies with it, not changing me. I mean, if, if the word of God is so, it's so. It's not partly so, it's also. Amen? It doesn't matter if everybody's, well, everybody's getting it, not me. Not this one. Amen? Uh, uh, you know, lots of times the economy goes, goes sour. And, and uh, I mean, how many recessions? You know, I'm, not, I'm not really old, but I'm older, right? Uh, I've lived through a few recessions. And I've declared every recession that comes, I choose not to participate. Well, you know, don't you? Uh, in fact, nearly every major economic decision I've had to make to change things, like leave a job or whatever, I've made in dire economic situations where it was, it was the, the most unwise time to do something. The, the last job I left, the last corporate job I left was in, in 2009 at the height of the, they call it the Great Recession. Lord says, time to go. Okay. What about the recession, Lord? Uh, what's, what's that got to do with anything? He said it was time to go. I, I mean, he said, I, I wrote up my resignation letter immediately. Turned it in the next day at work. Here you go. Well, it's not really a good time to leave your job. It is if it's the Lord's will. I choose not to participate. In fact, we did that, and we didn't really see any economic change. In our, and I left a six-figure job. Uh, pretty good job, you know, making good money. Uh, and uh, what's that? Of course, it's working part-time. And no, nothing. We didn't have to sell the house or the kids or anything, right? We got to keep all the kids and the dog and the cat. Uh, and um, it's pretty good, right? Uh, uh, on Facebook Marketplace, uh, for sale, one small child, right? We didn't have to do that. Uh, the Lord came through, amen? Didn't worry about it for a second. What are we going to do? I don't know. If the Lord tells you to do something, he's obligated to care for you in that situation. He's obligated to provide for you. And so we went in without, without any worry or concern at all. No, it, the timing is irrelevant if you're in the will of God, if you're in the plan of God, if you do things according to his word, amen? So, so have we found anything worthy to be uh, worried about? Any list of things, of people, of situations, circumstances? Is there anything that says, oh, that is bigger than the word? That is bigger than the plan of God? No, there's none. And Jesus said there's, uh, he cares about you more than the birds, and they don't worry about anything. How much more valuable are you than a bird? And I'd never see a bird worry about anything. Amen? Nothing. Uh, and yet the Lord said, you're more valuable than that. Uh, and so can we live this way? Would this be a good way to live? Uh, wouldn't it be a wonderful way to live where there's no weights? You ever seen people who worry all the time? They get the great... You remember, remember uh, Charlie Brown, uh, uh, the pig pen guy, right? Everywhere he walked, there's like a gray cloud behind him, you know, dirt. Well, that's the way people are with worry. They get this gray cloud over their head and everywhere they go, which it, it, it follows them, right? Like, you know, it's sunshiny everywhere else except for this little two-foot square, right, where I'm standing. Just gray, cloud, you know, raining all the time. It's like, it's so hard, 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 it's hard, it's so hard. No, it's not. Amen. It's not hard. Amen. If these things are true, it should cause joy to write, oh, Lord, I can live this way. I can live in joy every day. And I don't need Xan Xanax or whatever. I don't know what the, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what the pills are, you know. Uh, there's probably new things now along the way there. I don't, I don't need anything to keep me up. I need uppers. I, I don't need that stuff. Uh, and, and so uh, this is a wonderful way to live. Amen. Amen. We all can live this way. Right. Nobody is dealing with anything that the Lord has not found a way out. Yes. Nothing.
Amen? Uh, if that's true, then, then we need to get after it. And, and if you're going to live this way, you've got to be really aggressive to change. You can't just, well, I tried it for like all afternoon, right? I'll, I'll try it and see if it works out. No, you've got to be really aggressive. I refuse to live this way ever again. Uh, and if you'll live, you, you will get there and you'll look back and go, Lord, Lord why, why did I ever live that way? You will look back and, and, and you know, you, you realize I could have changed this a long time ago. But you can't change yesterday, so you might as well start right now. Amen? Uh, you can't change anything you worried about yesterday, but you can change today. And it's a good way to live. Amen? So let's pray and thank the Lord for his word. So, Father, we thank you for your word. And, Father, we thank you that we have the right and the privilege given to us by heaven to live a life worry-free. We can cast all of our cares upon you once and for all, Father. All of our weights, all of our burdens, Father, that you, you never gave them to us, Father, so they don't even belong to us. And so, Father, we cast them upon you. The cares of our circumstances, the cares of our situations, the cares about our economic standing, the cares about our family and, and our, the loved ones in our lives, the cares about tomorrow, the cares about uh, everything we, we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, Father. You said we can cast all of our cares, all of our worries, all of our anxieties once and for all upon you because you care about us, Father. And we believe that. We believe that you care about us. And just real quick, just in our prayer life, the Lord instructed me just uh, uh, as we finish up this discussion for all of us to pray uh, this prayer, the prayer of consecration and dedication. And so I would just encourage you as I pray, pray along with me and say, Lord, I'm going to do that. So, Father, I choose to cast all of my cares upon you. I choose, Father, to cast every worry, every anxiety, every fret upon you. Father, you care for me. I choose to live this way. I choose, Father, to live by faith. And, Father, from this day forward, I will never take another worry. I will never take another care, Father, upon my life. These things are your responsibility. You told me to pray about them. You told me to petition you regarding them. And so, Father, if, if a worry or a care comes to me tomorrow, I will reject it. I will think on these things which are true. Father, I will not live with worry. I will not live with anxiety. I will live by faith. I choose, Father, to live according to your word. And, Father, I thank you that you will strengthen me. You will give me the ability to live this way. If you said, Father, I must live this way, Father, then I can live this way. And I choose to do it, Father. I choose to live that way. And, Father, if I ever slip back, if I ever take a worry or take a care and bring it into my life, I will repent. If you show it to me, Father, if you reveal to me that I am in worry, I will repent. I will ask you to forgive me. And, Father, then I will petition you, and I will cast the care upon you. And, Father, from that day forward, the peace of God will guard my heart. It will guard my mind. And I thank you for these things, Father. Your word is so. Your spirit is sure. Father, your word never changes. I thank you, Father. I can live in complete and total victory in this area of my life. And so, Father, I give you all praise and honor for these things. I thank you for them, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Can we pray that way? Can we believe that? Can you live that way? Well, we can. Amen. And so, praise God. Well, let's see. Uh, let's add up all the prescriptions for Xanax, right, that people have taken. And, and whatever the cost is, then that's what the offering should be for today, right? Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, how, how valuable, you know, people pay thousands of dollars for these medications. Uh, how valuable would it be that you could live without that? Amen.
I'm not trying to get any money. I'm just think, thinking, you know, uh, you can live worry-free. You know, last time I went to the doctor, he, he didn't say, was I on it? He said, what prescription medication are you on right now? And I said, I'm not any. And he looked at me like, like was there something wrong with me? Not nothing wrong with me. Something wrong with you. Uh, you know, don't put that on me. It's on you. And so I don't...